Takes Mondays to make Fridays, 843-661-0937. This is every bit a Monday. We've got systems down. We've got revs scurrying about trying to figure out what it is and what it's not. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is when I'm at my most um, confused and helpless. Uh, stay that way a lot, but yeah. this is probably the most confused and helpless. We don't know if the phones are working or not. I think that Josh is able to answer the phone. I don't know that Rev is able to. Yeah, I can't access the phone system. Uh, our computers, <laughs> this is inside baseball stuff. What I mean, help the, me. I mean, the I, computers here in our studio. I'm in the game. I need to know. Are not connecting to the network for some reason. I think Josh's computer is. Uh, we're getting reports that the app is down. Don't know why yet on that. But uh, So I can't connect to the phone system, Josh. But if you can and can put the, the hybrid on air, then we could take a call. That's no problem. That call was just another report that the app is not running at the moment. Okay. Uh, and um, and my computer's not running at the moment. Res computer's not running at the moment. There are a lot of things that ain't running at the moment. Um, and right before the break, right before uh, 7 o'clock, we took like four or five power hits in a row to the studio building. So everything went dark for a few seconds, back on, dark, on, off, on, off, on. And that plays havoc with equipment. Let me here's, just tell here's you. all I know. My computer is blue. <laughs> like a, I mean, I'm serious. I mean, that, that's the extent of my knowledge of this. I've clicked on the button that Rev told me to click on when that happens, and nothing is. I mean, I'm not connected. I mean, he, he'll tell you better than I can. We're scrambling, is what we're doing um, today. Maybe it's the fact that we suggested people not say the Pledge of Allegiance as proudly and loudly as they um as they once did. <laughs> See, Josh, are we trying to do a call now? Yes, okay. we have Bob calling from Florence. Bob, you're live. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, I guess to start off with, um, this is the world that I have to deal with every day, the word of, world of microprocessors. Hmm. I'm an old analog guy, okay? And microprocessors just will do you dirt every time. They do exactly what the engineers want them to do, but when they go crazy... They go absolutely crazy. So you just have to live with it. I hate it every day. At some point when I open my eyes, there's a microprocessor that does me dirt. Mm. But that wasn't what I really wanted to talk about, but that is reality. Um, what I did want to say, let me tell you, I spent 25 years up in the swamp. And with regard to this guy in the Netherlands, it doesn't matter whether you're overseas, the Netherlands, Antarctica, wherever you are, when you're a member of the swamp, you're a member of the swamp. And geography has nothing to do with it. They're just as bad. They're just as uh, conspiring. And um, so I got to say. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate that. Well, I mean, mean, think about this, guys. And I think the point I'm trying to articulate is if you're going, if you're the Attorney General of the United States and you're going to find a special counsel, I mean, that, that, and, and you know the intent. The intent is to go and investigate the former president and see if he committed a crime or not. I mean, if you really can truly, so, so let's talk about the Pledge of Allegiance to the United States of America, to the Republic, which stands. Anyway, with liberties and freedoms and. With, with, I, Liberty I, and justice. Yeah, for and freedoms and justice. Help me here liberties now. Liberties and justice for all. Well, I'm thinking about the end of it. I mean, it's hard to do that. It's like A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Right. I can't take, start at P. I can't. Okay. You know, P, Q, R, S, T. P through Y, start now. That, that was, it, that'd be hard. I mean, it really and truly right. would. I've got this cadence and this, uh, you know, the, this memory that, that I've, um, 
And can, can you say the alphabet without singing? That's the thing. I think I could. Okay. I'm not going to try, but I, but I think <laughs> I could. Um, but, but we digress. But you're, we digress. <laughs> so when, I mean, if, if, you're, if you're worried about the people, I mean, if the government is truly subservient to its people, and you've got a Democrat president and a Democrat AG and a Republican running for re-election, he's already been president one time, he's running for re-election again. I mean, if you really and truly put your hand over your heart, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the Republic. Well, you see where I'm headed. I mean, wouldn't you genuinely try to get it right? I mean, wouldn't you genuinely try to bring about fairness and impartiality? Or would you go to the Netherlands and find someone whose wife produced a movie, a documentary about, a very flattering documentary about Michelle Obama? That's the point I'm trying to make. I told Rev during the break, because he asked, you know, what, what would go to that Gamecock Club scenario? What would that sound like? Well, I mean, it, it would sound like something like this. So I get assigned parking, and I don't get the parking spot that I always have. So I reach out to a buddy of mine on the board, and I say, hey, man, um, I need some help. What's wrong? This, this, somebody in the office goofed up, gave me this other parking spot. I've always parked there, and now I'm parking over here. And, and my buddy would say, and I told Rev, I know exactly what he'd say. Let me talk to Ray. And he's talking about Ray Tanner. He'd call Ray. Ray would probably call me or, or, or call him back and say, you know, let's get this thing straightened out. Well, is that how the government works now? I mean, does, does the AG say to somebody subordinate in the Department of Justice, hey, we need to find somebody who will indict Donald Trump? Where's Jack Smith? Where did Jack Smith go? Didn't Jack move overseas somewhere? Yeah, Jack's in the Netherlands. Is he still married? Yeah, man, that lady who wrote that, you know, that documentary or, or produced that documentary. She's a filmmaker. I mean, that's obviously what filmmakers do. They make flattering documentaries about former first ladies. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it that? Is that where we are? That my trying to get a parking spot changed at Williams Rice Stadium is how they address the biggest issue the government's dealt with in my lifetime. Well, well you've been in government a long time, and you're acting like you would be surprised about no, this. No, I would be surprised at this because it's because it's so monumental it's so and damn consequential. Big. Yes, and I would agree, but. You know, I'm just sitting here going, of course they did. But if we're going to stack the deck on tax policy but or some Trump, subcommittee, of course I would. But no, I would suspect. I would. I would. Trump's hope. a threat to democ- okay. democracy. Okay. Anything is on the table, right? So, so, so why do you? Why do you continually put? Your, I mean, I get the concept, the ideal of America is exceptional. I understand that. But are the people running the country, or the people in charge, to be that respected? I pledge allegiance. I don't pledge allegiance to them. With, with liberty and justice for all? I mean, is that, do you believe that? Are you being a hypocrite, Josh? Are we being hypocritical? I wouldn't think so. When we pledge allegiance, and in, as part of the pledge of allegiance with liberty and justice for all, do you believe there's liberty and justice for all? You, do you believe we're equally applying justice here? Of course not. And that's what Lindsey Graham said yesterday. When former Clinton communications director, now host of This Week with George Stephanopoulos, <laughs> the, um, the impartiality exhume, uh, there's a frustration that a lot of Americans are having. And I think they're beginning to act upon these frustrations. But yes, Rev, I'm surprised at that. I'm surprised they'd go find a hitman to do that. I'm not surprised going after a congressman, but we've never in our history indicted a former president. And we went to the Netherlands and found a guy whose wife makes movies about, you know, about and painting in very, very favorable, like Democrat uh, 
politicians. Yeah, that surprises me. Now, now, now maybe, maybe as cynical as I am, I still believe there are certain issues larger than life. And I think the indicting of a former president is what? It's unprecedented. It's never been done before in our country's history. Let's go to the phone. Someone's there. And I do have control of the hybrid again. So So we're back in business. Yep. Williams in Orangeburg. Good morning. Hey, Ken, you talking about the uh, Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. Well, Donald Trump took the uh, Pledge of Allegiance, and he six-time draft dodger. You know what? They should have hired Bill Barr. Bill Barr said he was guilty as shit on news this past weekend. He's guilty. And one more thing. You always talk about uh, Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden this, Hunter Biden that. How about Jared Kushner? On the last week, Trump was in the office. Jared Kushner got $2 billion from the science, from the Arabian, whatever. He got $2 billion. $2 billion. Thank you. Thank you, Williams. Appreciate it. Um, I'm not interested in Hunter Biden. So I what? have very little interest in Hunter Biden. I think Hunter Biden's a shield for his father. I have little, I, I mean, I'm, I'm serious. I have so little interest in what Hunter Biden does. I mean, I don't consume much of my time. I think Hunter Biden is in business with his dad. And his dad's the big guy. The big guy's sales influence. But when you talk about Kushner and Ivanka Trump, Ivanka Trump Kushner, I guess, there is a legitimate business. We can argue whether they got favorite or favored treatment from the Saudis or the Chinese or the Ukraine, whomever. What business are the Bidens in? I've yet to have anybody explain to me. What business is the Bidens in? They've got LLCs and mailboxes. What is their business? The Trumps build golf courses. The Kushners are commercial real estate developers and residential real estate developers. I mean, we'll argue around the edges. You know, did Jared Kushner get preferential treatment? Did Ivanka Trump get preferential treatment? But there's a legitimate business. Jared Kushner was in business before he became an employee of the federal government. Ivanka Trump was in business before she became. What do the Bidens do? What expertise did the Bidens bring to the table to have 15 LLCs, offshore bank accounts, and the wiring of money from foreign nationals? And it's so interesting to me, Williams, um, that every time there's a story about to break, uh, you know, the Bidens corrupt, the Bidens business dealings, uh, you know, intertwined with government, that there's always a story on Trump. But that's just so coincidental, hmm. uh, if oh, you will. Yes. But but I want to go back to to Jack Smith. I, I really want to stay here. I told Rev over the weekend. I actually sent him a Rev's my um. I mean Rev Rev is the he pays for the National Review subscription and gets reimbursed by the station. So I comment in anonymity. Nobody knows who <laughs> I am my name, when I comment, which is funny. Well, I mean it's funny, but but Charles Cook, Charlie Cook, he's a smart guy, very bright man. Um, he's a senior writer, senior writer. Um, I'll try to say writer and editor at the same time. I don't think he's an editor anymore. At one time he was, but I think he's senior writer at the uh, National Review. Writer. Yeah, writer. <laughs> uh, but Charlie Cook, he's an editor and a writer. Um, or he would be an editor. Um, <laughs> right. You know, one, one or the other. Um, but, but Charles Cook had an article, aren't we all tired of this? I mean, it didn't time to move on. And in, in the article he says, you know, I want to balance the budget. I, I want to reform Medicare and Social Security. I want I want to spend money on infrastructure and education. You know, I want to govern. But I mean, let's get into the business of govern. 
So, so and he blames Trump. You know, Trump's always bringing about chaos and confusion. And I mean, that just doesn't fly. Why are we still supporting Donald Trump as Republicans? Why are Republicans still supporting Donald Trump? And I opined, um, once again, Jack Smith has a story. Charlie Cook has a story. So one of the senior writers at National Review, which would be uh, the Weekly Standards defunct, so the National Review would probably be the premier modern intellectual conservative think tankish website in America. I mean, maybe the American conservative would be similar, but it's far more America first, or far more sympathetic to America first than National Review is. So I said, who is Cook? I mean, I've read five years worth of stories by Charlie Cook. Some I agree with, some I don't agree with. But this was insulting. I mean, this was real insulting to America first. So I began Googling Charlie Cook. He's a, he's an accomplished man. He's a very educated man. Uh, but here's what he is. Now, he's going to tell the Republican Party in America it's time to move on from Trump and America first. Let's get back to ideological battles. Let's get back to small government and cutting taxes and, and deregulating the economy, you know, which is something I agree with. But, but I read about Cook. You know what Cook is? Cook was born in Cambridge, went to Oxford, moved to America in 2011 or 12, became an American citizen at 18. I mean, that's the guy. Yeah, that, that's the guy we need to direct our paths on America first and, and where we go from here. And and in, in my opinion, uh, in my comments to the National Review, I said, modern intellectual conservatism has failed the average American. Neoconservatism has failed the average American. And for those trying to drive a wedge between Donald Trump and his loyal supporters, they only intensify that loyalty. That They only make it stronger. Now, I don't know what that number is. I mean, I saw a number this morning. Trump in, a, in the latest, might have been Gallup poll, is like 59%. So, so, so let's take the confounding component of this debate, Reb. Uh, we, we could do a show on this one sentence. You ready? 60% of Americans believe Donald Trump committed a crime. 60% of Americans believe that Donald Trump is being politically per, uh, persecuted. Put that genie back in the bottle, will you? Let, let's go from there. 60% of Americans believe Donald Trump committed a crime. 60% of Americans believe Donald Trump is being criminally, politically persecuted. Is that, I mean, liberty and justice for all? And that's what I've said since last week. Let's not debate whether Trump committed a crime or not. Let's debate how many people not named Donald Trump have committed more serious offenses and not been prosecuted. Let's talk about um, interns busting cell phones with hammers and servers in closets of private residences and 15 LLCs and offshore bank accounts and foreign nationals and how do the Bidens get rich? I mean, why is the media not, not any more interested in that? But, but you know why. It's the cathedral. It's all of those moving as one. It's the monolith. And that's not a conspiracy. The only conspiracy theory about the cathedral is to not believe there's a conspiracy. Let's go to the phone. Someone's there. Charles in Lamar. Good morning. Good morning. I hope you all are having a great day. You know, you talked about uh, Hunter Biden. I really don't give a damn about Hunter Biden. He's a private citizen. If they want to prosecute him for his crimes, that's fine. I don't think that's any of any of our business. That's a that's a law enforcement matter. 
I'm concerned about the people who have been elected and are uh, <clears throat> working the system and getting paid millions of dollars on the side. Um, that's a that's a concern for me. Um, Hunter Biden, I couldn't care less. And I see these posts on social media and articles all the time, people talking about, well, they, they got Hunter Biden on video doing crack cocaine. So they got him with prostitutes. So they got him doing this, doing that. So he's a private citizen. Let's investigate what's going on with his family connections and how he has generated tens of millions of dollars in money for his father, who has been elected president of the United States. Now, when I pledge allegiance to the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, I am not pledging allegiance to the government. I'm pledging allegiance to the republic for which it stands. There is a big difference. Y'all have a great day. Thank you, Charles. Appreciate it. I, I you know, I, I've said it a thousand times. Hunter Biden prostitutes, man, that's kind of a human interest story, but I'm not interested in it. Hunter Biden crack cocaine, I'm mean, a troubled young man, a troubled middle-aged man, a troubled, you know, kind of kind of an older middle-aged man now. That's, I mean, that's, that's his business. He's a private citizen, and if he's broken laws, let law enforcement deal with him accordingly. How did the Bidens get rich? There's beauty and simplicity, guys. What is the optimal temperature of the planet Earth? How did the Bidens get rich? Nobody wants to go there. Because if you go there, you know what you do. You expose a scheme. You expose a web. You expose that Hunter Biden is simply a pawn in his father's game. Joe Biden has been peddling influence for a long time. Joe Biden and his family have gotten enormously wealthy off what? Commercial real estate? Hotels and golf courses? The auto industry? No, his father is a corrupt politician, and corrupt politicians going to corrupt. And his, I mean, we, we got we got we got bank records of money having been transferred to grandkids with offshore accounts. But I mean, that's the paper trail, and we'll get to that uh, here in a few moments. We'll, we'll kind of um, because I want to go back and look at the Trump story dominates the discourse because Trump is a dominating media figure. It's a little bit interesting. Chris Christie announces his candidacy for president. Mike Pence announces his candidacy for president. And nobody, and I mean nobody, former vice president, former governor of New Jersey, announced they're running for president, and nobody cares. Nobody, and I mean nobody, is paying any attention to that. What I want to do is shift the story from Trump. Okay, let's say Trump's the story of the campaign season. Fair enough. That's okay. Along with... This this investigation by the Oversight Committee, we know Biden got paid. For what? We know the Biden family got paid somewhere in excess of $5 million from foreign governments. To do what? 843-661-0937. Back in a few. 3661-0937. You know the biggest contributor to the wussification of America, don't you, Josh? What's that? We're smoking too much weed and not <laughs> eating enough meat. That's the pro animal protein. And See, and now you know. Well, I mean, that, now that's, you know, Josh. That's right. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you put me in charge of the National Council on Health, I, I could I could straighten this country out in uh, no time. <laughs> Less weed, more animal protein. 
That's how serious we are here on uh, Monday mornings at Wake Up Carolina. We have with us this morning Fox News Radio's Eben Brown in Miami. Eben, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning. Enjoying my breakfast steak. <laughs> there you go. There you my, go. And my cigar. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good deal. Good deal. Good deal. Okay, so the very latest on the indictment of former President Donald Trump, um, I mean, I've, I've got a take. I'm sure that there's a, a journalistic take here, so I'll defer to you for the the, the, the more, pristine, I don't want to say pristine, the more accurate journalistic take and not the that of an opinion monster such as I. Well, here's the thing. Uh, the, the president, the former president, he'll, he'll uh, appear, I think it's at 3 p.m. at the federal courthouse in Miami for an arraignment. Uh, and then we believe he's headed back to uh, Bedminster, New Jersey, where he stays during this time of the year, To, uh, uh, but he, that he might have some kind of remarks in the evening. I don't know if there'll be an audience for that or if they'll just be on uh, on Truth Social or some other platform, uh, usually just Truth Social. Excuse me. But um, what I think is interesting is that, I, I, first of all, I don't expect him to be held without bail or anything like that. I think he'll be released quite easily. Uh, the judge in the case is a Trump appointed uh, Trump appointed judge. Um, so I, I don't think that she would be overly deferential to him, but that uh, she would at least uh, recognize the situation for what it is and and uh, release him on his own recognizance. Uh, and uh, and we'll go from there. Um, you know, there are a lot of different uh, legal minds piping in here. I think everyone agrees that this is an incredibly serious for a number of reasons. It's a federal prosecution. It's 37 counts in the indictment we found out Friday afternoon. Um, and uh, and so it, it can't be something that should, you know, that would be ignored. But uh, uh, there are some who think that this that this could be it. He, he's toast with this. And then other people who would say that these charges are truly unserious and that they would probably get uh, thrown out pre-trial or that a, a jury would have a hard time uh, convicting because the case would be so thin. Um, I think it's probably to the former president's advantage that this is in the Southern District of Florida, where he has a lot of uh, uh, support. Um, I think that uh, if it were to have happened in the D.C. District Court, uh, things would be much different. Uh, but the problem is that there is probably another indictment coming out of the D.C. District Court uh, at some point soon with regard to January 6th issues. And I think that's ultimately what the federal, uh, you know, the Department of Justice is is probably putting all their, you know, all their eggs into that basket. Eben, how big a part of the story is this? And I read this morning, uh, it might have been Monmouth, might have been Gallup. Sixty percent of Americans believe that Donald Trump committed a crime. 60% of Americans believe that Donald Trump is being politically persecuted. How do we yeah. square that up? Well, I, I think that when we look at the totality of things, there are a lot of people who realize that uh, presidents may inadvertently break the law with regard to holding on to documents and things like that. It's, it's now shown that other presidents, including the sitting president who may have done it going back to the time he was a senator when it was definitely illegal for him to do so, uh, and that those people are given passes uh, all the time. And that, uh, I mean, no one has prosecuted either Bill or Hillary Clinton for document retention. No one has done it to, to Barack Obama. No one has done it. No one's doing it to Mike Pence. In fact, they said, oh, no, no problem here, Mike Pence. Um, and so, uh, I, you know, I, I have to wonder if... Uh, George W. Bush's things have been overturned in the past, you know, you know, gone through, ruffled through over the past few months to to see whether or not there's documents. And 
uh, and the like, maybe even President Carter's uh, residence, for that matter. Uh, but uh, uh, it, it seems that what there seems to be a special attempt to prosecute uh, this one particular former president who happens to still have a lot of political life left to him uh, and happens to be running against the current guy whose administration is pushing this prosecution or these prosecutions. Uh, and, um, and, and I don't think that's lost on people. Very well explained. Evan, thank you for your time. Have a great week, and I'm sure we'll talk again, sir. You got it. That's kind of an interesting journalistic take of that. Um, it's hard to get those guys to commit much narrative or commentary um, to kind of the talk show fodder of today. I mean, I think I said last week, and, uh, you know, we, we framed it fairly well, I think, when we said, let's be careful arguing that Donald Trump is completely innocent. I don't think we have to be careful at all saying he's been persecuted. I mean, I think it's clear what the Republicans narrative need to be. Hey, I'm not defending everything Trump has ever done, nor am I defending everything Bush ever did or Clinton ever did or Biden ever did. But why now? Why this guy? What, what is so egregious? Now, now, once again, I gave you fair warning that you were going to hear words like grossly negligent, inadvertent, willfulness. And that's going to be the, the line of demarcation. They're going to try to convince the American people that what Hillary Clinton did was inadvertent. It was grossly negligent. I mean, that, that was Comey's words. I mean, Comey said she broke the law. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it. She broke the law. She mishandled classified information. But it was because she was grossly negligent. Now, I'll let you decide whether, you know, um, what is it, Bleach Bit or Bleach Bite, whatever that company comes in and wipes all the information off of your hard drive. Um, some campaign interns broke up. The hammers on yeah, the cell phones. On some of the cell phones broke them to pieces. Um, I'll let you decide whether that's inadvertent and grossly negligent or there was some intent and willfulness there. But I think we're going to get ourselves in trouble trying to defend everything Trump did. I, I said last week, and I'll say it again, there, there's nothing that would surprise me about Donald Trump telling somebody in the government to go to hell. You know, these are my records. Now, now, the Presidential Records Act, and we can debate that and, and probably will. I'd love to have someone with a better understanding and grasp of it. it it's, it's almost like RICO law in, in um, you know, it's a catch-all. But in my understanding, because I read a little bit about that over the weekend, and what I read was there is no criminal penalty attached to those Correct. directives Correct. Or, or those it's a little bit like statements in law. Right. But it's a little bit like impeachment. It, it's a political It's a political prosecution so to speak it's not civil nor criminal it's it's more political in nature and i mean I, what trump will probably argue i mean i think this is a weird argument to make he telepathically you know declared uh th these um these unclassified and i just think that's a weird angle to take dershowitz is trying to give trump the benefit of the doubt but the call he has a call where he personally says you know i could classify these things if i chose to but i don't and i didn't that's kind of self-incriminating there, but but, it, but once again, and I'm not I'm not defending what Trump did at every turn. Now I don't think the Espionage Act is in play here. I mean I really don't. I think if he were in Washington, they would overcharge him. But I think in the in the Southern District of Florida, this is a this is a judge liberals don't care much for, and that gives him a little bit of um of wiggle room so to speak. But I read the Espionage Act in its entirety, and the sentence that sticks out to me, and I'll read it verbatim mishandling um, any information relating to the national defense 
with intent or reason to believe that the information may be used for the injury in the U.S. or to the advantage of any foreign national. I don't think anybody can accuse Trump of, of selling information or exposing information. I mean, that, that'll be an interesting debate to have. There is no doubt in my mind that Donald Trump mishandled classified information. Now, he'll argue, as you did, Rev, that the Presidential Records Act allows him to do that. That's very ambiguous. And he'll argue that, you know, the mishandling of classified information in deference to the um, uh, the Presidential Records Act is not a criminal charge. I mean, it's political. It's like, once again, the impeachment of Donald Trump, the impeachment of Bill Clinton. I mean, nobody goes to jail and are fined. You know, I mean, th- th- there's some, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Clinton lost his bar, lost his um, law license, got disbarred for a while. For a while. So, so there's some political punishment and embarrassment. And, I mean, the, the record said there's an asterisk beside your name. You know, but but I, I just I just think we're going to have a hard time convincing Americans, and I'm talking about the independent the Seinfeld watcher, that Donald Trump is pristine in this. I, I think the better argument is to say, hey, man, our guy made some mistakes, but his mistakes were nowhere near as bad as what Miss Clinton did. I mean, it is the moral equivalency. I mean, that, you know, and we always stop with the moral equivalency. No, I, I think this is where we really take advantage of that because he's being politically persecuted. Right. It's the two tiers. It's the, it's and the double the- standard. Perfect example. Well, I mean, half that. the country are Republicans. You know, I, I love these independents. I read an article in the Wall Street Journal about independent voters and how many independents there are in America. Get over yourselves. It's a binary choice. And and how can you be an independent when these two parties are light years apart? I mean, one party has a set of values and beliefs and agenda that is completely different than another. I mean, you're one or the other today. I mean, the Sam Nunn, Bob Doles of the world, I mean, th- th- those are days gone by. But but it's a little bit sanctimonious of independent voters who say, well, I, I'm not for either party. Well, I mean, are you for two genders or not? Are you for paying people to not work or not? Are you for, you know, um, what, what I'll call the double standard of prosecution or not? Because to me, the Democrats have demonstrated that they are. I mean, they're absolutely for multiple genders i saw something i told rev last week i think i told you friday i saw a a pride convention and an african-american guy had gotten there and, and it looked like he was out of place i mean he, you know he's wearing a sweatshirt and, and a pair of jeans and he gets there and, and a member of the media comes up to him as soon as he gets there and says hey how many genders are there he said i don't know man i just got here <laughs> <laughs> and the look on his face was like i think free hamburger is what i heard and beer you know what i mean <laughs> But, 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 I mean, a member of the media runs up to him, and he's just like a regular-looking guy. I mean, you, I, I'm not, you, you hate to be judgmental and judge a book by its, by its cover, but he's an African-American man standing there. Media runs up to him. How many genders do you think there are? I don't know, man. I, I, I just got here. I just got here. Where's the beer and hamburgers? 843-661-0937. Do we have a call? Let's go there. We do. It's Dale and Florence. Good morning. Hey, guys. So how, how do they make this work? that they're going to charge Trump. And we know that Biden did the exact same thing. And, and how, how do Democrats, number one, justify one and not the other? But how do they get away with not charging Biden at some point with all this stuff? I, I, I don't get it. Uh, Ken, maybe you know more than I do about it. but And, in fact, I'm sure you do. But I just don't get how they can do one and not the other. You guys have a good day. Well, I mean, the, the Democrats are in charge of the White House. They're in charge of the Department of Justice. They, you know, they, they've 
I mean, it, there's a there's a, a systematic way that we govern ourselves. The president hires the AG. The AG has oversight over the FBI. They're going to pick and choose. The, 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 the question we've got to ask ourselves, and I don't know the answer to this. I mean, I understand to some degree the Presidential Records Act. I understand to some degree espionage. I understand to some degree, um, you know, the keeping of, of, of classified documents or not. But, but a lot of this is, I mean, there'll be competent lawyers on each side trying to convince a jury of one thing or another. But it's going to be surreal. It's going to be surreal tomorrow when Trump walks into a Miami courthouse. And, I mean, we hope he's released on bond. I mean, we don't know that. We expect that to be to be the case, but it's going to be a very surreal moment. And I think, you know, Democrats better be real careful what they ask for. Because I think there are many, many, many Republicans who find it hard to defend Donald Trump about whether he broke the law or not, but find no problem at all saying enough of this double standard. I mean, enough of this prosecution to people who don't go along with this big government liberal agenda. And if you get crossed up with the cathedral or the, you know, the deep state or the elites or establishment, you know, there's a bullseye on your back and there's a price to pay for that. I mean, guys, we've lived in a nation for a long time that has allowed the existence of a perjury trap. I mean, just kind of say those two words. With liberty and justice for all. Perjury trap. Really? That's where we are. And once again, we have become a very compliant society. We've been a very conforming society. And, you know, I, I believe a lot of these play into one another. Why, why do Americans sit idly by and allow these crazy things to happen with liberty and justice for all? I mean, why do we proclaim ourselves to believe with liberty and justice for all and let one candidate do one thing, walk scot-free, another candidate do a similar thing, and for the first time in American history, prosecuted under the rule of law? Take a break. Back in a few. 843-661-0937 is our number. It takes Mondays to make Fridays. What are you chuckling about? I, I just was enjoying that liner. Yeah. It's your world, well, it's, and we're just living it. It's a little bit insulting. It's, it's very <laughs> insulting to me. Um, we've talked a lot about the Trump indictment. We, I mean, you know, there, there are opinions that vary. I watched yesterday um, some of the Sunday morning shows. Lindsey Graham aggressively defended the president, saying that half the country believes there's a double standard. He's talking about Republican voters in general. The other story that I think will continue to make headlines and will not go away, and eventually the media will be forced to cover with varying degrees of interest, is this, um, you know, President Biden accepting, you know, bribes. Now, now that's accusations. I'm not accusing anybody of anything. We don't know what the truth is. But the White House has made uh, pretty dismissive comments regarding um, this story Will these two stories be the framework of the 2024 presidential election? Probably. How are they not if they're that big a story? Fox News Radio's uh, Brian Schmales, uh, Ryan Schmales is with us in our nation's capital. Ryan, good morning. How are you? Hey, it's great to be in your world. Right? <laughs> okay. 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 Oh, yeah. Right. I like it. Yeah, Ryan's getting a little comfortable over our airways. <laughs> I, I hear you. I hear you. Hey, no, no in, in all seriousness, I mean, once again, I have the luxury – of editorializing. I have the luxury of not That's being right. bound to journalistic, you know, integrity and virtue and getting it right and making sure the sources have been vetted. But it does seem to me, Ryan, that there's been a lot of interest in the Trump story, not anywhere near as much in the Biden story. But eventually we're going to be forced to pay closer attention 
to whether or not the Biden family was peddling influence. What, what say you to that? Well, that's certainly what uh, Chairman James Comer, the chairman of the Oversight Committee, is trying to make happen because uh, he came onto our airwaves over the weekend and said that he believes that there are other forms and other documents out there that are going to be of interest that could relate to the alleged bribery scheme that the Oversight Committee has been investigating. So certainly he's keeping his foot on the gas, and so are many Republicans on that committee uh, in trying to get to the bottom of this and figure out if, in fact, President Biden took money from a foreign national in exchange for policy decisions back when he was vice president. So, Ryan, what is the next step? I mean, we think we understand in the Trump story that there's a, an arraignment, that there will be a hearing, there will be a trial, there will be, you know, pleas and lawyers. I mean, what do we think is the next step as to as to investigating further what the Biden's Bayer may not have done? Right. Uh, based off what, what, what uh, the Chairman James Comer said over the weekend, it looks like the next step is to get these additional forms, if in fact they are for real, uh, and then look at them and try to get access for the oversight committee members to, to view them, uh, then proceed with the next steps there. So I think that's what we're going to be looking for uh, next to see what happens. Ron, is, do, we, do we expect this story to be during the – I mean, in other words, the, Biden has a primary opponent – I would imagine Robert Kennedy is interested in whether or not uh, the Biden crime. In other words, is this going to be part? We know the Trump story is a part of the Republican primary. Do we expect this Biden story to be a part of the Democrat primary? Well, in terms of, of how big it's going to be, I think that really remains to be seen because President Biden still holds a substantial lead in, in most of the polls that we've seen. Yes, you have seen Robert Kennedy polling pretty well for somebody who's trying to unseat uh, uh, an incumbent within his own party, but still it looks like President Biden's the heavy favorite right now. But I think when it gets to the 2024 general election, I would not be shocked to see uh, Republican candidates, whether that's former President Trump or one of the other candidates who's running, really trying to hit him on this. So I don't see this issue going away, especially if uh, the Oversight Committee continues to investigate and we make it to the 2024 cycle. Has the White House formally responded to these charges? I mean, I heard Biden say it's a bunch of malarkey, there's nothing here, where's the money, or something to that effect. But has the White House of the Biden campaign formally responded to the Comer charges? Right. So, so most of the time when they are asked about this, a lot of times the White House communications team will refer the press to the Department of Justice or one of the other uh, entities that's kind of supposed to oversee this. And ultimately, they have been kind of denying it every every chance they get. President Biden, uh, especially whenever he gets asked about this, has has repeatedly denied it. And, he, you know, he reused his favorite word, which is malarkey last week, uh, uh, responding to certain charges from one of the members of the Oversight Committee, which was actually Nancy Mace from South Carolina, where she said that uh, President Biden sold out the American people. And he responded by saying, that's a load of malarkey. So it, certainly he has, he has held true to, the, to, to, to saying that he's de- denied this and that this never happened, and he's continuing to do that. Very well explained. Ryan, thank you for your time. Have a great day, sir. Hey, you too. Have a great Monday. That's kind of an interesting um, story. I, I don't know that I've heard I – mean, have the Bidens formally acknowledged there, there's an investigation and formally responded? I mean, I've heard them off the cuff say things like, it's a bunch of malarkey – I think Biden said one day last week, but oh, where's the money? Right. I mean, you know, if, if we're in the pay-to-play game, then where's the money? Um, it's a bunch of malarkey, but I don't think there's any been. I mean, you got to give Trump credit. I mean, I've heard Trump say, I did nothing wrong. You know, I mean, I, I, he acknowledges the charges. I mean, he accepts 
that, that there's a um, there's a criminal investigation now. There's an indictment, but he continually says, you know, I did nothing wrong. In 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 the grand scheme, I don't know how a story is bigger than something that has never happened before. I mean, this is unprecedented. So so how is a story running at the same time bigger than a story that is unprecedented? The unprecedented <laughs> story is, or the unprecedented story is. An American president being indicted by the federal government. That's never happened in our nation's history. So when you say, well, one story is bigger than the other, how is that not the biggest story? Now, if Biden is indicted for pay to play, in other words, if Comer and the Oversight Committee, and here's another question that I would have to ask somebody who knows more about government than I do. I mean, I know enough to be dangerous. When, what sort of authority does Comer have? In other words, when Grassley said last week, and he was he was kind of um, a lot of liberals pounced on when he said, you know, I don't care if he's guilty or not. I mean, I don't care if the charges are, are, are accurate or not. I think that was his words. I don't care if the charges are accurate or not. And, I mean, Twitter lit up. I mean, some of the liberal, uh, this is kind of clowns you got investigating Biden. What, what Grassley was saying is it's not my job. I mean, that's the FBI's job. We have oversight. I mean, the FBI is statutorily created. We have oversight over the FBI. So when the FBI is not doing their job, we have the authority to, to investigate the FBI. But we're not in the business of investigating, you know, a candidate for president or a president unless the FBI doesn't do it. And that's where I think we are. I think, I think Republicans on the Oversight Committee got so frustrated with the lack of interest the FBI had in this story that had substantiated facts. I mean, we've got bank records. We've got wire transfers. We've got LLCs. We've got offshore bank accounts and grandchildren's names. I mean, there's a fact pattern there. We know that is true. Now, you know, we know that foreign nationals wired money to these 15 LLCs, somewhere between 3 and $5 million. For what? We don't know that. I mean, there, there may have been legitimate work done by the Biden grandchildren on behalf of the American. <laughs> I, I don't maybe. know. I mean, may, maybe there's legitimate work having been done there. But how are we not interested in that story? How is that not almost equal to the unprecedented story of an American president indicted for espionage? Uh, you know, when you wake up in, in, in America this morning, you're waking up in a place where political thuggery has become acceptable. And, and be, be careful here. Now, what, what is political thuggery? How many nations on this earth? that profess to be republics or Democrat or Demo democracies, how many nations on this earth that profess to have a genuine belief, go back look, to, the, um, to the Pledge of Allegiance, with liberty and justice for all. I don't know that that's in the Russian Pledge of Allegiance or the Chinese Pledge of Allegiance, but, but how many nations profess to be with liberty and justice for all where a political figure is in charge of a government that arrests his political opponent. I mean, forget the legitimacy or not. I mean, that's where we are. This is uncharted water. In our Pledge of Allegiance, it says, with liberty and justice for all. And when we woke up this morning, there's a president of the United States in charge of the DOJ. The DOJ is in charge of the FBI. The FBI and DOJ are in charge of the special counsel Jack Smith, and for the first time in our history, I mean, it's fairly common in, in, in some of these third world countries, fairly common in dictatorships. I mean, Stalin would be proud. 
Mao would be proud. Pol Pot. I mean, all these other dictators and, and, and ruthless regimes would be very proud. I mean, that, that's what they do. I mean, they lock up political opponents. Political prosecution is not unusual in places like that. But for the first time in American history, the, the, the place that professes liberty and justice for all decided to attempt and incarcerate a political rival. That's unprecedented. Now, now does Trump deserve it? I don't know. We'll find out. I mean, we'll have a, a trial. We'll have a hearing. We'll have a defense team and a prosecution, and we'll go through the facts, the, the, you know, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the whole truth. But why is Miss Clinton not being prosecuted? Why was Mike Pence not prosecuted? Why was Joe Biden not prosecuted for the, uh, for the ha- mishandling of classified? That's a crime. Now, now we can, I mean, the Espionage Act is a crime. I mean, obstruction of justice is a more serious crime. But, but we know that Clinton mishandled classified information. We know that Mike Pence mishandled classified information. We know that Bill Clinton mishandled classified information. Hillary Clinton mishandled classified information. And when you look at the Espionage Act, and I'll just read it verbatim. You ready? I mean, this is the line that catches my attention. The Espionage Act says, mishandling any information relating to the national defense with intent or reason to believe that the information may be used for the injury to the U.S. or the advantage of any foreign national. That word intent matters. I mean, you out there, I mean, the the Trump haters, do you really believe that Trump would do anything to harm the country? I mean, do you believe that Trump would work with a foreign adversary in the name of damaging the good old U.S. of A. You mean the founder of America First? Well, I mean, that, that's, that, it's, it's an absurd argument to make. The espionage, I mean, that's an overcharge as far as I'm concerned. Now, now we can debate, you know, whether or not obstructed justice and whether or not, uh, I mean, I, once again, I think he's in violation of, the, of mishandling classified information. And, and I think we're going to get ourselves in trouble. The America Firsters are going to be really contradictory of themselves when they say he did nothing wrong. He did something wrong. He's mishandled classified information but he did exactly what joe biden did he did exactly what hillary clinton did now, now the, the the lawyers and the doj and fbi are saying yeah but i mean they didn't do it willfully that's a very abstract squishy way to define i mean how do you know and what then of course we- you can say yeah but they also weren't president a little bit of course I, mean, I, I get that but i, I still believe that we're going to have a hard time because of the American president, the Presidential Records Act. And I understand what you're saying. It's, it's not a legal defense. It's not a legal argument. It's more political in nature. But, but the, the American president, and I'm not going to defend everything Trump did. I think we look silly when we defend everything, Donald. We're not defending a Boy Scout. We're simply not. The, the best argument for us to make, and those who believe that there is a double standard and there's a two-tier justice system, is to make that argument selective prosecuting that that's the best argument to make and i think it's the most effective argument and i think it's the most alarming argument i mean going after a politician who broke the law is one thing going after a certain politician for breaking the law is something else i think the government should have the authority to go after politicians who break the law i mean i can attest to that i mean i'm very relatable to that i mean i broke the law i was a politician i'm no longer a politician my concern was and always has been, why me and not him? Why me and not her? And I'll tell you, this is where I get real opinionated. You know what? The, you know what? I mean, it, there's a myriad of reasons, a multitude of reasons. The primary reason for going after Donald Trump is you can't control him. You can't 
control Donald Trump. You can control the Bidens because they can't exist outside that bubble. Tr- Trump creates a fortune, and then he gets involved in government. And he really doesn't need those people for much of anything. And they despise that. They, they despise the fact that Trump has his own gold card, his own jet, his own you know luxurious hotel, his own uh, personal wealth. He doesn't need them for much of anything. Plus, he seems to be the type that may tell people about our deal. Well, I mean, you're right. I mean, he'll expose things. See, he's a bull in a china shop. He's a dangerous man. He's a little bit crazy, and he doesn't need us for much. And that's why you see them attack Trump the way they have. 843-661-0937. Let's go to the phone. Rujan in Darlington. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. I hope you're having a, had a great week, having a great Monday. Hey, Ken, if you can... Uh, there, there was, there's some, some confusion out there. I had a discussion with somebody about uh, about it over the weekend. On uh, And I tried to explain to them that th- these are not – I'm trying to figure out how they're going to make the, the jump from it being a civil case to being a criminal case. And, and therein lies the problem for, for, for a lot of people that I've, that I've talked to as far as, you know, them wanting to put Donald Trump in jail. And, and that's what it seems like, like like they're trying to do. But I'm just – I don't see how they're going to make that jump. I don't know if you know anything more about it than I do. But if you can, can you elaborate on that? Thank you. Appreciate that. I mean, obstruction of justice is a criminal charge. I mean, that that, that would be the charge in these multitude of charges that, that I would be most concerned about. Once again, I think the Espionage Act is – is I mean, it's not abstract. But but it, it's, it's going to be hard. And, and once again, I wrote this down this morning. I mean, it, you've got narratives and opinions and synopsis and summaries and, uh, you know, educated lawyers say X and another educated lawyer says Y. I mean, it, there's a reason that there are lawyers on every street corner waiting to litigate. I mean, there's uncertainty that there's there's interpretation. There's a, you know, uh, I mean, it's not every case is not shut and dry. I mean, there's a lot of squishiness involved in these. But on the Espionage Act and the charge, uh, mishandling any information relating to the national defense with intent or reason to believe that the information may be used for the injury to the U.S. or the advantage of any foreign national. The word intent. Let's go back to that. The the relating the national defense with intent or reason to believe that the information may be used for the injury. Let's say Trump's full of himself and he has a group down to Mar-a-Lago and he shows them this box of top-secret information. I mean, do you believe Trump intentionally showed that box or had any, you know, any, hey, hey maybe one of these folks are a, an international spy. Maybe, maybe they're a spy of the Russian government or Chinese government. I, I just don't think that espionage uh, charge sticks. I think he mishandled classified information. I think he's one of many politicians who have mishandled classified information. The obstruction of justice charge is the one that I think is a little bit grayish. You know, I mean, he's, there's a there's a phone call there. I mean, that's pretty self-incriminating. It's not he said, she said. You want to hear what Donald Trump said? I mean, here's a phone call. And that goes back to what, what I would be concerned about. And, and I understand it. He's your guy. You want to defend him. But I think we're going to make a grave error in defending everything he did. And I'm not saying some things are indefensible. And, and I do believe that there's a double standard. I think it's obvious there's a, a double standard. I do believe he was selectively prosecuted. I don't think there's any question about that. And if Bill Barr shot you straight, he would say that. I mean, Barr's kind of said that. 
Andy McCarthy's kind of said that. I mean, as close as an establishment figure is going to say something like that. But I think that is the much more effective argument to make. Because I think the independent voters, the Seinfeld watchers, you start talking about obstruction of justice, mishandling classified documents, Espionage Act, American Presidential Records Act. I mean, do you really believe that they're going to give that the effort to better understand it? But, but I'll tell you what they do understand. Why did you go after him and not her? Why did you go after him and not him? I mean, it, wh- wh- why is he having to hire lawyers and defend himself and she's not? The American people understand fairness. I mean, that, that's, a pretty, I mean that, that's a pretty easy thing to understand. And when something doesn't appear to be fair, they get it. I mean, even the Seinfeld watcher. And, and once again, I think Espionage Act and trying to explain it, uh, Presidential Records Act trying to explain it, you know, did Trump do this wrong and, and was overcharged? I, I just think that gets real confusing in the grand scheme of things. I would much rather, because I want to win the election. I mean, if Trump's the nominee, we need to push him across the finish line some way, somehow. And the more compelling argument for getting Trump elected if he's the nominee is they just treated this guy fundamentally different than they've ever treated anybody else. 843-661-0937. Back in a few. 843-661-0937. Takes Mondays to make Fridays. You know, one thing I thought of when Evan Brown was on the phone uh, last hour, about an hour ago, uh, doing his uh, hit with us. I think they call it a hit in that business. Um when he talked about Donald Trump going in front of a judge to be arraigned, and that's supposed to happen tomorrow, then a judge is able to, and they're responsible to set bail. I mean, there's a chance a judge could say, no bail, you're going to jail, or set a bail at $10 million or $100 million or you whatever. Say, you want to tell what my granddaddy would say then? You do that and you more have hell on your hand, son. You, you better you not imagine? do that. What? You do that, you'll have more hell on your hand than you could ever say grace over. I told you during the break. Stick with me for one second, then we'll go to the phone. What better city to try this in than Miami? What do you mean? Miami's not a, a, a Republican safe haven. No, but, but think of this. How many people in Miami, what are the odds as you select a jury that somebody in Miami or a, or a, uh, you know, a relative, a father, grandfather, mother, grandmother, didn't seek asylum from political persecution or oppression? How many people in Miami have fled somewhere, Cuba or another Latin American country, where there was political persecution and political oppression? So, so when I think about the jury pool, the potential jury pool, I mean, it doesn't take but one. Right. I can't think of a better city on this particular case. We're not arguing taxes. We're not arguing abortion. We're not arguing gay rights. We're arguing, I mean, Trump's argument will be, largely the American Presidential Records Act and political oppression and selective prosecution. So, so what city has more people who have fled political oppression or suppression than Miami? Good point. Yeah. 843-661-0937. Let's go to the phone. Joe in Hartsville. Good morning, Joe. You're on the air. Yeah, good morning, guys. You were asking this morning why Jack Smith, he was in the Netherlands. Well, he was a prosecutor for the... Uh, Civil Rights Crimes Division at the Hague. But he's also the one that prosecuted, I think it was Edwards and Governor McDonald out of Virginia. And both of those cases were overturned by the Supreme Court. I think one was 8 0, 
The other one was nine zero. So they know this is going to be overturned. But just think about it. He got the indictment in Washington, D.C., and now he's sending it to Florida, to the Southern District, where there is a Trump-appointed judge. And like you say, a lot of people getting away from persecution. Now, if they find him guilty, which I doubt they will, it'll be overturned by the Supreme Court. Because that's why I always tell people, you have to be very careful who you elect president. Because he has more power, he is in the Constitution. And this Jack Smith has not only violated probably half of the Constitution Bill of Rights just by penetrating the attorney-client privilege. The, the Supreme Court will throw that out in a heartbeat. You know, that's never been done before, especially with a president. Because most of the evidence that he has comes from his lawyers with confidential information and uh, transcripts from telephone calls. So that'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But you were asking why Jack Smith, he is the he is bulldog that'll go after him. And like they always say, you can indict a ham sandwich, but it's harder to prosecute him. So we'll just have to follow this. You know, maybe Trump did something wrong, maybe he didn't. I'm not here to judge that. But according to the Constitution, no act passed by Congress trumps the presidency of the United States. He's in the Constitution. None of these acts were. So I'm just letting you know that that's why they moved this venue so they can say, oh, a Trump judge let him off or this Republican jury let him off, or if he is convicted, he'll go to the Supreme Court and will be overturned. I, I predict either 7-2 or 8-1. Y'all have a good one. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. Let me ask you this, Rev. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, how likely is it that Trump mishandled classified documents? Um, probably 8. Okay. How likely is it he obstructed justice? Mm, three. Okay. How likely is it that he violated the Espionage Act? Zero. Okay. So, so a judge, I mean, a jury could come there and say, look, man, I mean, this is an overcharge. This Espionage Act charge is an overcharge. I mean, there's no way Donald Trump uh, intentionally, in other words, the intent, the, the intent to advantage a foreign national or harm our national security interests, the injury to the U.S. or the advantage of any foreign national. That's the language clearly writ in um, the, the Espionage Act. So, so, so what if we get to Miami and, and a jury does its job? I mean, they, they honestly try to evaluate um, what they know, what they don't know, uh, the information they receive. And because once again, a grand jury can indict a ham sandwich. I mean, there's been no contesting notions. There's been no alternate storylines. But, but what, if, what if Trump's lawyers say, they're, they're, I mean, well, here's our argument on the Espionage Act. The jury buys it. Here's our argument on uh, obstruction of justice. The jury buys it. But the jury says, oh, I mean, Donald Trump did mishandle classified documents. And they find him guilty of mishandling classified documents. What does that say to every other politician who has mishandled classified documents? That's the worst case scenario for the Democrats. That's the worst case scenario for the cathedral. That's the worst case scenario because you set a precedent now. 
I mean, we're going to criminally charge any politician who mishandles classified information. How do you not retroactively charge Mike Pence? How do you not retroactively charge Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, George W. Bush? I mean, if we get to a jury and the jury says, I don't buy the Espionage Act argument, I don't buy the obstruction of justice, but I do buy that Donald, I mean, it's pretty clear to me from the evidence I've been presented, it's pretty clear to me that Donald Trump did mishandle classified documents. How does the DOJ, if we live, if we live in an honest society, if it is indeed the equal application of law, how do you not go back and charge Hillary, Bill, George, Barack? Joe. Yeah, Joe. I mean, how do you, well, I mean, Biden's got bigger problems. I mean, I'm convinced of that. I mean, we'll let this play out. What do you mean? That's malarkey, man. Well, I mean, Biden's got bigger problems. But, but they never denied it. I mean, they've never formally said these charges the Oversight Commission are making are, 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 are in, you know, they're, 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 they're not true, they're not accurate, they're, they're misleading, they're political in nature, and here's why. I mean, he basically says, imagine if somebody makes a charge as, as, as prominent as we think you pay to play. We think you were bribed. We, we think you are a, basically a mole. But he's a pawn of the game. A foreign national pays his family in, in anticipation of some favor being done by the American government. I mean, if you're being charged with that, how do you not sit behind a podium and formally address that? I mean, think of that, guys. I mean, we're, we're not being charged with jaywalking. We're charging the American, the Comer investigation, as we speak, has charged Joe Biden informally. But, I mean, they, you know, we'll let the facts go where the facts go. But they have made the accusation via credible information. I'm not talking about witnesses. Forget the, uh, the confidential human source. They've got bank records. And the bank records show that, that Joe Biden received funds from foreign governments in 15 LLCs, somewhere between 5 and $10 million. How does the Biden family not hire a lawyer and explain that story? I mean, if, if I'm the Bidens and I'm being accused of accepting 5 to $10 million from foreign nationals in 15 LLCs, why don't I have a press conference with, with, a, you know, with a PowerPoint saying, well, here's what we did. Here's what we didn't do. Here's how we got paid. Here's why here's the how... grandchild has sure. a show. I mean, explain LLC to me. Company. There you go. Explain. Let's have a PowerPoint and explain why the grandkid of Joe Biden has you know, an offshore bank account and a foreign national wired money into that account. Let, let's, I mean, Comer's made that accusation. Nancy Mace, no friend of the president, has substantiated that accusation. Forget the confidential human source. But forget what the FBI is investigating or not. Um, the, the Comer investigation has produced valid documentation that Joe Biden and his family, well, let me back up, the Biden family, I want to be 100% accurate here, the Biden family has received somewhere between 5 and $10 million dollars. Comer's making an accusation it's pay-to-play. The, the confidential human sources, well, that, that's unfair. I, I want to be 100% accurate. I want to be honest. The confidential human source has been told by a third party that Joe Biden was involved in a bribery scheme. How do you not have a press conference and dismiss all of that? But instead, Biden says, it's a bunch of malarkey. Where's the money? I mean, Really? One of the most, ser probably a more serious charge than obstruction of justice or the espionage. Bribery? The guy in the White House has been bribed by a foreign government? And your response is, it's a bunch of malarkey? Where's the money? 
That see that that raises a red flag. And that, that that's going to be the story. I'm convinced of this. I mean, there's no way to suppress that story, but for so long. I hope you're right. And it's so interesting. Well, I mean, I, I, I know well, I'm we right. We always I mean, believe that, but it just doesn't seem to happen. This has been out there for a while. But the Republicans are in charge of the Oversight Committee, and Comer has made it known that he's going to pursue this to the ends of the earth. We're going to find out Which how. He does. And, and once again, but, but put yourself in the president's shoes. All these accusations are being made about you and your kids and your grandkids and your, and your daughter-in-law and your brother and you don't formally respond in any way, shape, or form. You don't deny. Your only denial is to um to Ryan Schmelz's comment. Your only denial is is a bunch of malarkey. Where's the money? I mean, why, why don't you, as formally as they're making the charges, deny the charges? Because you can't. That's why you can't deny the charges. You're going to have a hell of a time explaining to the American people why your grandkid had an offshore account in the name of an LLC that a foreign national wired money to. How stupid are we? Have we smoked that much weed? Are the American people that gullible to buy that? This this will be a parallel story to Trump, no question about it. And I guess at the end of the day, we could have a campaign for president of the United States between one guy formally indicted of a crime, Espionage Act, Obstruction of Justice, uh, mishandling of classified information, and another, I mean, I don't know if they'll be charged with a crime because I don't think oversight can charge with a crime, but under investigation for bribery. Bribery by a foreign government dispersing funds in 15 separate bank accounts. Who's the big guy? I mean, that, the, isn't that kind of the central question mm-hmm. here? Who's the big guy? Charles said earlier, and I'll agree with him, I don't care how much crack Hunter Biden smokes. I don't care how many prostitutes he's with. Who's the big guy? Who's in cahoots with Hunter Biden? I think you know. I think I know. And I think Jim Comer is going to prove. Take a break. Takes Mondays to make Fridays. 843-661-0937. The Rev and I have had uh, this disagreement one with another off the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this is not for showbiz purposes. <laughs> and it's not this whether or not. genuinely. Well, I mean, it's, just, it's an interpretation issue. And it's not whether or not we should play the whole version of Free Fallen or start well, talking I mean, in the middle We should do that, okay. but we've married that, ourselves that to we agree on about half of that. Yeah, the, uh, what, whatever you and I have got to say will not be as good as the rest of um, Free Fallen. Right. But, you know, right. um, it, it's our job to not play music, but rather give That's right. our opinion on, on politics. So back to the subject matter mm-hmm. at hand. Okay, so, so, so we, we have a disagreement about interpretation. My point is this, because Rev says, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'd plead guilty to anything. I mean, I don't know if I'd give them a bone. I, I just don't. Uh, I get it. I understand the emotional uh, investment. And, and you know, uh, why didn't they go after these others? But but stick with me for a second. So if you look at the Presidential Record Act, now, now you argue that Trump could do about anything he wants to do in regards to the Presidential right. Records Act. And, and, and it goes back to, I mentioned this this morning where I read over the weekend that there's actually no criminal penalty attached to the Presidential Records Act. And I look at it this way. The president does have special privileges there. They are the top elected official in our nation. So if they don't have the authority and ability to decide how these how these documents are handled, I mean, who does? Is it, is it a lower-level bureaucrat that, that has the... Well, I mean, but, has but, the right to but, say but I that? I think you would agree n- nobody, including the president, has a right to obstruct justice. 
Of course. Nobody, including the president, has a right. I mean, the, the, the American, let's do this real quick, and then we'll go to the phone. So so when, when, when Nixon tried to uh, confiscate and commandeer a lot of public information, um, I mean, th- th- there was some concern about whether or not he was breaking the law, whether or not he was in violation of what a president can or cannot do. Um, Congress enacted the Presidential Records Act in 1978, and it basically, the way you and I would understand it, it changes legal ownership of presidential records from the president of the United States to the government. I mean, and, uh, that, that's a simpleton's version, but in essence, that's kind of what it did. Now, now we can get an interpretation of statutes and, you know, at the beginning of the Reagan administration, they had this, uh, you know, kind of a kerfuffle about what, you know, what Reagan believed and what they believed. Here's my point. Yes, that's probably a legitimate argument to make. That will be the argument the the, uh, the Trump team makes. I mean, there's no doubt about it. that They will argue that the Presidential Records Act gave them broad discretion, gave them a lot of authority. I, I guess they're going to argue that he uh, telepathically, you know, <laughs> you know, remember when Trump said, I can think things into being declassified. I mean, I don't think you believe that, nor nor do I. The point I'm trying to make is this. You've got varying degrees of charges. You've got 30, what, seven counts, seven charges. Um, the most serious charge is, you know, violation of the Espionage Act. I don't think, I mean, I think that's an overcharge. I mean, I think that is far-reaching. I, I just don't know how you're going to convince a jury that Donald Trump was mishandling information relating to the national defense with the intent. I mean, there's no doubt that he probably mishandled classified information relating to national defense. Now, now in, in your argument, he didn't because the presidential records act gives him the authority to do that. I, I, you know, I'm not arguing that I'm arguing that he's probably in violation of mishandling classified documents, but let's go to the, to the, um, espionage act with the intent or reason to believe that information may be used for the injury to the U S or the advantage of any foreign national. I, I just don't buy that. I mean, you're not going to convince me that Trump intentionally or was intentionally trying to harm the United States or advantage of foreign national. I mean, that, that's a reach to me. I understand why they did it. Uh, you got a, a grand jury. I mean, you don't have a, you know, kind of an opposition argument. You, you got uh, yeah, no, no defense. Yeah, no at no all. defense at all. So let's swing for the fences here. So, so I don't think he's in trouble there. Now, now I'm not a lawyer. Alan Dershowitz doesn't think he's in trouble here. But, but you've got ambiguity in these two. The, 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 the Espionage Act is very ambiguous. How does Rev interpret the Espionage Act? The Presidential Records Act is very ambiguous. And, and, and a lot of the debate is we've never done it before. We've never indicted a president in violation of the Espionage Act. We've never had a president defend himself with the Presidential Records Act. Do you remember Bill Clinton and the sock drawer? Yeah, there was some, of course I do. He had some things squirreled away in his yeah, sock but, drawer. But, but, but once again, okay, but stick with me for a second. So that's my argument. You just you kind of led me to the place. So, so I don't believe he has trouble. With the, with the Espionage Act. He may. I, I may get, you know, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not educated in that realm. I read a lot over the weekend. Uh, I read two or three accounts from people who do understand that world. A lot of ambiguity. A lot of ambiguity. The obstruction of justice is an interesting charge to me. Um, but, but once again, I think the debate is about obstructing justice. So, so, so if I'm a Trump supporter, an America firster, and I go into this saying, okay, we, there, there is no way. There is no way we're in violation of the Espionage Act. 
we did mishandle classified information. I mean, there's no doubt about that. We did mishandle classified information. We'll argue about obstruction of justice. You know, you say we did, we say we didn't. But if you accept responsibility of mishandling classified information, how do you, I mean, you can say, but Ms. Clinton did, Mr. Bush did, President Obama did, the current guy in the White House did. I mean, the very person who's in charge of the, I mean, ultimately the president's in charge of the investigation. He can say his hands off. I've not, you know, I've not uh, meddled in, in, in this investigation. But ultimately, Joe Biden hired Merrick Garland to be his AG. Merrick Garland has oversight over the FBI. So you talk about the height of hypocrisy. If Trump accepts, okay, I mishandled classified information, my interpretation of the Presidential Record Act was wrong. I never had any malice, never had any intent, never willfully would harm our country. I mean, I'm the most patriotic president ever. Not only am I the greatest president ever, I'm the most patriotic president ever. I think it gives him a lot of, I mean, I think the Seinfeld watcher guy, hey, man, the dude said he mishandled some classified information, but he also said, why am I the only one in the courtroom? I mean, why is Miss Clinton not in the courtroom? Why is Barack Obama not in the courtroom? Why is Bill Clinton not in the courtroom? Why is Mike Pence not in the courtroom? Why is Joe Biden not in the courtroom? Why am I in a courtroom defending myself with, you know, unauthorized material in my possession when nobody else is? I just think that's a strong and compelling argument. And it really gets to the centerpiece of what we believe. Forget Trump for a second. Is there or is there not a two-tier judicial system? Is there or is there not a double standard? What is it going to, are we going to illustrate the double standard by arguing over obstruction of justice? Or are we going to illustrate more clearly to the Seinfeld watcher the double standard by saying, hey, we accept responsibility. We did. I mean, there's no doubt about it. My guy should have given it back and he didn't. But why is my guy in a courtroom and nobody in the history of this country has ever been here? I just think that is the most compelling argument because it's Trump against the government. 60% of Americans today believe that Donald Trump committed a crime. 60% of Americans today believe that Donald Trump is being politically persecuted. That's a confounding place to find our country. And if Trump wanted to be the ultimate disruptor, which is what I think you and I want him to be, there's how you do it. Why am I in a courtroom admitting that I did something that we know all these other presidents did, yet they were never, ever indicted? Get out of my face with inadvertent willfulness you know, negligence. Stop with that. And I just think that is the compelling argument that, that impugns the integrity of the federal government even more and more and more and more. And that's the argument I would make. He's got smart lawyers. I would imagine they'll make the best argument they can. Um, Trump is a guy, and this is what I'm concerned about. Trump is a guy that wants to win every time at every turn. And I think if you give them a little bit of blood. I mean, it's not going to make the prosecution happy because they want to kill him. But I mean, they want the end of America first to be now. This is, you know, this is their chance to destroy not just Donald Trump, but a political movement in general. I think they're making a grave miscalculation. I think they're making a grave mistake. And I think when they see that number 60%, I mean, if you're, if you're Jack Smith and you see the number 60% believe Trump committed a crime, I think you kind of high five yourself. And then the next Senate says, but 60% believe he's being politically persecuted. You know what you'd do? You'd call that investigation off. The last thing 
that, that Americans need to believe is that the application of law is biased. It's partial. That, that's what, I mean, that, that's political thuggery. That's what they do in third world dictate. We don't do that in the United States. I mean, when we pledge of allegiance, liberty and justice for all, not some, not most, all. Why is Donald Trump in a courtroom and all these other people who we know have mishandled classified information or not? That's the double standard, and everybody can understand something as simple as an unequal application of the law. Let's go to the phone. Jay in Nichols. Hi, you're on the air. Hi. I was going to call and talk to you about the obstruction of justice charges. Um, The Supreme Court has ruled a few times that obstruction of justice has to be a physical act, not a spoken word. Um, I mean, the president, the ex-president, had no power to force anybody to do anything by a spoken word. He was just a U.S. citizen, and he's got coverage under the freedom of speech. He can call up and talk to anybody and say anything he wants to say, and he's legally allowed to do that. And if he's talking to a government official, he's also covered by the same amendment, the First Amendment. He's allowed to redress his grievances to his government and tell you that I don't like what you're doing, and I don't think it's right. There's no way in God's green earth that he can be charged with obstruction of government for talking to somebody on the phone. Well, he's been charged with it. I mean, there is a way he can be charged because he's been charged with several counts of obstruction of justice. Yeah, but he can't be found guilty because he's got the First Amendment to cover him. I mean, he is a citizen of the United States just like me and you. You can call up any government official you want and ask them to do something. And they can do it if they want to, but they you can't make them, and neither could he. But but you're saying he can't be charged, and now he can't be found guilty. He can and has been charged, and he could be found guilty. Well, if they're going to violate the first, well, I mean, but, and, and that's I think that's the argument I'm making. That that's the point I'm trying. This is not going to be a fair trial. I think you made a legitimate argument for Trump against his charge to obstruction of justice, I think his lawyers will probably make that sort of argument. It'll be a compelling argument. I just think you disarm the process if you accept that we mishandle classified information. We're not accepting the obstruction of justice. We're damn sure not accepting responsibility for violation of the Espionage Act. But but if we are guilty and we'll accept responsibility for um, you know mishandling classified documents, then I want every other politician who has ever handled misclassified documents to be drugged into a courtroom and died of a crime, and then we'll get back to liberty and justice for all. That's the point I'm trying to make. I think he will make a very valid argument in why he's not guilty of obstruction of justice. But I think falling on the sword of mishandling classified information makes a far more compelling argument about obstruction or the Espionage Act. I thank agree, you, sir. Well, yeah. th- thank you. Appreciate the call. But, I mean, to say what can't and cannot I mean, we, we, you know, there's a powerful force at work, guys. I mean, it's the almighty federal government. I mean, who would you rather have in hot pursuit of you uh, than the federal government? Nobody. I mean, you know, that they would be the last person on a list of people I want after me, right? I mean, would you agree to that? Oh, my gosh, I mean, the yeah. full faith and power, the full power <laughs> and might of the federal the government? Sure. Absolutely they do. And they, they'll abuse it. it. 
Not only will they use it, they they will abuse it. But 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 once again, I, you know, I understand the 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 Trump sympathizer. I certainly understand the Trump sympathizer saying, "I'm not giving them a damn thing." I mean, it's been a witch hunt since day one. I mean, it's been it's been investigation after investigation. It's been charge after charge. It's been impeachment after impeachment, and I'm not willing to to give any. I understand that. I think that is a very legitimate emotional response to have. But I think in for the betterment of Trump winning the presidency, Trump and the America First movement sustaining in a more positive way, accept responsibility for mishandling classified information. I understand the 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 the, the ambiguity of the Presidential Records Act. I do. I, I clearly understand the argument to be made if he's not in violation. I, I just think when you accept that, you disarm a large swath of the population who says, well, I mean, Trump's right there, man. You know, tr- tr- Trump's got a good point there. I mean, the guy's in his kind of a horses, you know what, and he's narcissistic and all the, but I mean, he's got a good point. I mean, we, we know for a, I mean, uh, James Comey said that Hillary Clinton was in possession of unclassified material. James Comey said she's in violation of the law as the law was written, but it was not willful. It was not intentional. It was negligence and, and you know, just, just she didn't mean to inadvertent. I think was the word he used more than one time. I, I just think there's, there's, there's a way to woo a lot of independent voting Americans to gain a little sympathy for a guy who's kind of hard to be sympathetic towards. Let's, uh, let's go to the phone, then we'll take a break. Byron and Mullins, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? How are you? I'm doing all right. I was thinking about what Ken said about not wanting the federal government on my tail, one of the last things I would want. But I can tell you one of the things that really irritate me is the federal government on my tail in my life. And there's nothing we can do about it except by the, uh, a revolt of some sort, which isn't going to work very well, or our elected officials. If we sit back on our duff and people don't even bother to register, we're stuck with what we've got because we did it. And it's just, you know, it's, it's irritating that they have the power they do. And that's what i got to say, sir. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. I think a lot of people share that sentiment. I think a lot of people are really bothered by, not only are they bothered by the government having enormous influence over their lives, they don't trust the government to, to, to do right by the American people. I mean, it's one thing to have control. I mean, you got to drive on this side of the road. I got to drive on that side of the road. But but what if all of a sudden a law was passed that uh, he can drive on both sides? And that's that's where a lot of Americans believe. It goes back to Lindsey Graham's response yesterday. Lindsey was 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 basically stopped in his tracks by George Stephanopoulos. Now here's the the humor in this. Stephanopoulos is a a, a unbiased journalist, right? I mean, he's the former communication director for Clinton. He's a multi donor to the Clinton Global Initiative. I mean, I think he's given in excess of $100,000 to the Clinton Global Initiative multiple times. I mean, he's, he's kind of, um, he would be one of their um, gold card members. <laughs> but, but, but when he ch- began to challenge Lindsey, Lindsey's, that's not what we're talking, Senator Graham, that's not what we're talking about. And, and Lindsey said, no, well, that is what we're talking about. I, wanna, I want you to hear what most Republicans believe is the problem. It's not being told by the government what to do. That's a big part of it for me. But, but it's, being told by the government what to do and somebody else being told something else because they have a different political leaning or bias. Take a break. Back in just a few. 
South Carolina, who's endorsed Donald Trump for president in 2024. Senator Graham, thank you for joining us this morning. Donald thank Trump you. has said repeatedly, repeatedly that he did nothing wrong. Do you yeah. believe that? Well, here's what I believe. We live in an America where if you're the Democratic candidate for president, Hillary Clinton, secretary of state, you can set up a private server in your basement to conduct government business. And when an Senator, investigation is had about your activity, no, let me finish. But you this didn't answer the you question. was ridiculous. Well, yeah, I, I'm trying to answer the question from a Republican point of view. That may not be acceptable on this show. Yes, I don't like what President Trump did in certain aspects. I don't like that Joe Biden had classified information on the garage. I don't like that Mike Pence carelessly took classified information. I don't like any of that. But what I don't like is a system in America where the secretary of uh, state, who's a Democratic uh, candidate for president, has people take a hammer to social media devices and break them apart, apply beach, uh, bleach bit to a hard drive to erase emails, allow classified information to get on a felon's computer, Anthony Weiner. You haven't even mentioned that. Most Republicans believe we live in a country where Hillary Clinton did very similar things and nothing happened to her. President Trump will have his day in court, but espionage charges are absolutely ridiculous. Whether you like Trump or not, he did not commit espionage. He did not disseminate, leak, or provide information to a foreign power or to a news organization to damage this country. He is not a spy. He's overcharged. Did he do things wrong? Yes, he may have. He will be tried about that, but Hillary Clinton wasn't. Your old boss committed perjury in a civil lawsuit lost his law license, obstructed justice in a dozen ways, and he didn't get prosecuted. I know, and he I was impeached. Well, he, was impeached, but he wasn't prosecuted. You, you've, made, you've, made, you've made your point. But you, you also said something that I believe Thank is you. not true based on what's in the indictment. You said that he did not disseminate any of this Thank information. In fact, there's an audio tape in the indictment where he's talking about the secret information, saying he knows it's secret, knows it's not declassified. Okay, let's let's talk about that. I don't know what happened. I haven't heard the audio, but look at who's been charged under Espionage Act. Julian Assange, Edward Snowden, Chelsea Manning, people who turn over classified information to news organizations to hurt the country or provide it to a foreign power. That did not happen here. Donald Trump, you may hate his guts, but he is not a spy. He did not commit espionage. What he did is very similar, in my view, to what Hillary Clinton did. People in the Clinton case took a hammer to a BlackBerry and destroyed it. They wiped clean with bleach bit emails. They said they were so all personal, but some of them actually were classified, and it wound up on Anthony Weiner's computer, and not a damn thing happened to her. Senator, first of all, she was fully investigated. They found no, the, the investigation found no <laughs> yeah, intentional right. holding back. Well, fine. Donald Trump was president for four years. He had his Justice Department in place for Give four me years. A break. But setting, setting that well, aside, you keep, there is an audio tape of Donald Trump saying he knows this is secret information, he knows he's sharing it with other people. How is that okay? It's, I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not saying it's okay to take a hammer to a, a BlackBerry. I don't think, I think none of this is okay. When I, when Chris Coons, who my good friend will be on in a minute, when we view classified information, we have to sign in, go into a room and turn it back over. 
You got vice presidents, secretary of states, and presidents handling this stuff. You had Bill Clinton with tapes in his sock drawer. I would like to review the system, but here's the point I'm trying to make. What's happening in Manhattan to Donald Trump has never happened to anybody in the history of New York. I think the espionage charges are completely uh, wrong, and I think they paint an impression that doesn't exist. This is not espionage. And I do believe, George, that most people on my side of the aisle believe when it comes to Donald Trump, there are no rules, and you can do the exact same thing or something very similar as a Democrat, and nothing happens to you. Here's now, the bottom hold, line. Hold on the a second, Senator. The leading, candidate, the leading candidate for president of the United States on the Republican side is being prosecuted by his opponent. Had Donald that's, Trump that's turned over the found. documents, had Donald Trump turned over the documents as Mike Pence did, and you heard our legal panel address that as well, we wouldn't be yeah, sitting I here today. That. There would be mm -hmm. no case. There would be no case at all. Well, I, I don't know if that's true. He believes he has the power to do that. He will argue the Presidential Records Act. I don't know if he's right or not. There'll be a trial about this, but I cannot stress to you enough that we live in a world today where most Republicans believe that Hunter Biden's laptop was real and people knew it was real, but they told the public something else to help Joe Biden. We live in a world where it takes four years to investigate Hunter Biden, and you can go after Donald Trump in about 18 months. I know you don't get what I'm saying, but people on my side believe it, and I think Donald Trump is stronger today politically than he was before. I think the espionage charges are ridiculous. I think what happened to Hillary Clinton, where she got away with it, is very similar to what happened to the President Trump, and we'll have an election and we'll have a trial. But I promise you this, most Americans believe, most Republicans believe, that the law is used as a weapon against Donald Trump. Well, I, and, 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 sir, and, I, and I've heard that. I've heard your attack on President Biden and his Justice yeah. Department. I've heard your attack on Hillary Clinton. I've heard your attack on Bill Clinton. What I've not heard from you is a defense of Donald Trump's behavior and why you think that's the I, kind I, of behavior you want to see in the I, President not, of the United I'm, States. I, 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 I'm not. I'm not justifying his behavior. If it were up to me, nobody would take classified information. But you're endorsing him for president of the United States. You're saying he should be president of the United yeah, States. Yeah. 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 I, I think what, what's happening here is trying to delegitimize him. Is what I'm saying. The game has changed for future presidents. Bill Clinton, under the 2023 standard, would be prosecuted for perjury. All I can say is we're changed the game. You, you impeached him after he was out of office. Now you're bringing charges in Manhattan that are completely ridiculous. You're accusing the guy of being a spy through espionage. Uh, it's not going to change my support for Donald Trump. He's innocent until proven guilty. But what I'm trying to convey to you, and I'm sorry I'm not doing a better job, that most Republicans believe that the law now is a political tool, that Hunter Biden's laptop story was uh, that the people in charge have their thumb on the scale, and that the reason it was not known to be true in October of 2024 before the election is the intelligence community wanted you to believe it was Russian difference disinformation when it wasn't. This double standard is real in the minds of most Republicans. Uh, Senator, thank you for your time this morning. And see that to me, that's the that's the angle. I mean, that that's as much as Stephanopoulos tried to force Lindsey into defending Trump. Lindsey said, "No, you defend the government." See, that's to to me, that's the central issue here. We're not going to allow Donald Trump to be on trial exclusively. Trump is going to be on trial, but we're going to put the government on trial as well.
I mean, the, the government loses faith. I mean, it, it loses the moral authority. What happens to a nation when its government loses the moral authority? I mean, we've always thought third world dictatorships and banana republics. I mean, that's when those crazy sorts of things happen. But I think with the precipice today, and I think the legacy of Trump, I said it before, is to expose these folks for exactly who they are. Poor man want to be rich. Rich man want to be king. King ain't satisfied till he rules everything. And, and I think Lindsey did a, a, a great job of refusing to allow this to be about Trump on trial exclusively. Once again, there is no doubt Trump is going to be on trial. But let's put the government on trial simultaneously. Is Trump to be trusted or not? I don't know. How about the government? Is the government to be trusted or not? And I think there is, I think that is a great, great strategy. And I think the Trump team, if they're as capable and competent as we hope they are, that they'll accept some responsibility. I mean, you didn't make everything up, but you made a lot of this up. And the part that we're agreeing to be guilty of, so to speak, how many others have been guilty of this? And how many times have they been indicted? How many times have they had to hire lawyers, teams of lawyers, and, and march to the courtroom and arraignment and indictment? I mean, the, the personal embarrassment. I mean, I just think that's such a more compelling argument than to defend and, and to say, I didn't do it. 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 I mean, I think there's legitimate, I didn't do it. I think there's some that's going to be a reach. But, but I think the better and more compelling argument is half the nation believes. Now, maybe not in Stephanopoulos' world. I mean, George doesn't know many people like that. Because did you hear Stephanopoulos say, well, I mean, Hillary was investigated. And Lindsey said, yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, Lindsey. That was my favorite part of that. Well, where you, he was... you know, and one of, the, one of the, I don't know, Rev. I mean, I don't know that. But one of the greatest things Trump probably ever did was to not indict Hillary Clinton, to not politically seek revenge on Hillary. And I don't know how he, I mean, I, you know, if I'm him and I get elected this time, I mean, I scorch the earth. I mean, I mean that. I scorch the earth. I mean, I hire an AG, and the only way I hire him is uh, we're going after people. I mean, I'm sorry. That's where we are. And turn to the other cheek is not going to get Republicans in a better place. You know, uh, dignity and virtue and honor and, and ethics and morality. Screw that. Nah. I mean, they, you know, they broke the mold. You know, they, they shot across the bow. And, you know, are you going to stand there and take the punishment, or are you going to swing back? And, and that, that's what I think we have to do moving forward. Um, you know, the Democrats call the Republicans racist and misogynist and homophobes and white supremacist, and the Republicans turn by saying, you know, they're good people, just misguided. Well, some of these aren't good people. They just aren't good people. They're power mongers. They're liberal power mongers, and they practice political thuggery. And until we understand that there's a new sheriff in town and his name is political thuggery, we'll continue to get our ass handed to us. Define political thuggery. Well, I mean, political thuggery would be what they do in, in Russia and, and third world dictatorships. When, when, you, when you seek out a political opponent and you charge them with crimes and you force indictments and arraignments and trials, I mean, that, that's political thuggery to me. I mean, there's a reason we're 246 years old and it's never happened. Liberty and justice for all. And, and there's a reason it's happening now. Donald Trump is the first legitimate threat to their order. I mean, this machine they built, and they get to decide who gets entrusted with the controls and levers of government. And, and Trump all of a sudden brings a Steve Bannon in and, you know, a Peter Navarro in, some of these unconventional, some of these folks who aren't blessed by the establishment. Um, I, I got to believe that if Mitt Romney were to win the presidency, 
Romney would probably go to members of both parties and say, hey, I'm thinking about this person as AG. Is that okay with you guys? I'm thinking about this person as head of the FBI. Is that okay uh, with you guys? And I'm not saying Trump got everything right. I mean, I'll, I'll take it a minute. I think Trump missed golden opportunities at reforming government in a major and profound way. But but we're we're in an era right now where political thuggery is accepted. It's been normalized. And there's a reason this has never happened in, in American history. We know that politicians have obstructed justice. We know that politicians have violated some of the, um, the mishandling of classified documents. We just never charged them with a crime because we believed that the ideal, the concept, the principle of America was bigger than who was in control. Well, the Democrats have decided that the ideals and principles of America are secondary to who's in control. And we'll do whatever it takes to maintain control. And it's not every Republican. I mean, half the writers at the National Review. Uh, Asa Hutchinson had called for Trump to drop out of the race. I mean, he's a product of days gone by. And, and this is a new era in politics. But political thuggery 101 is when, you know, <laughs> show me the man, I'll show you the crime. We'll get rid of him some way, somehow. Impeachment didn't do it, and now he's a front-runner in the Republican primary. See, they're scratching their heads. The very people trying to destroy Donald Trump only make him stronger. They fail to understand how resentful the average American is for the political class. I mean, that's really the great miscalculation in all of this. They have no idea, no, no conceptual understanding of how much resentment average Americans have for those in charge of government and its agencies. Take a break. Back in just a few moments. It is time for our Takes Mondays to make Friday's trivia. 843-661937. Our number thanks to our good friends at Pepsi of Florence. I drank my Celsius a bit earlier this morning to you know, just kind of invigorate myself and get in full swing um, after a hot and humid weekend, a, a summer-like weekend for the first time this year. Here's the question. Once again, thanks to our good friends at Pepsi of Florence. Correct answer wins a couple of Takes Mondays to make Friday's T-shirts as well as a six-pack of Pepsi product. If we want to be like the Russians... We need to understand the Russians, correct? I mean, if we're if we're going to practice political thuggery and and then have dictatorships in charge and so. you know kings and monarchs and and dictatorships, oh my! Then then um then we we got to know a lot about our comrades in the former Soviet Union. Here's the question: You ready? What region makes up seventy five percent of Russia? What region? makes up 75% of the landmass of Russia. 843-661-0937 is our number. What region makes up 75% of our brothers and sisters in communism, Russia, <laughs> and political oppression oh and gosh. persecution? Let's go to the phone. Hi there. You're on the air. You know the answer? Siberia. Siberia is right. Who is this and where are you calling from? Uh, this is Rick, and I'm coming out of Florence. Hang on, Rick. We'll get you back to Josh. You'll get your information. Um, congratulations. Six-pack of Pepsi product, couple of takes Mondays to make Friday's T-shirts heading Rick's way. Yeah, if we're going to be uh, brothers in communism, if we're going to be brothers in brothers political in thuggery communism. and political persecution and oppression, then why not um, understand the Russians better? Yeah, Siberia, not a vacation hotspot <laughs> for, those, for those in the uh in the Western world, but it does make 75% of the landmass of Russia is um, Siberia. Uh, we, we came out of the shoot today 
um, wired. If you can't do a show like this in a time like this, then you probably need to find another occupation. There's a couple of just monumental stories happening simultaneously. I mean, there's still a presidential campaign. Uh, there's still other candidates trying to find, you know, some oxygen in the room. But you are so right. So we had two additional people, Mike Pence and Chris Christie, announced that they are candidates for president, and that news has been nowhere. Well, I mean, they're both duds. I mean, you know, Christie right. is a uh, kind of kind of a self advantage or self advantaging. Well, imagine that a politician is self advantaging. <laughs> do we even have to say that? Uh, I don't think we do. He's kind of a milk. And, and I mean, in, in fairness to Pence, somebody's a good, decent, moral man, but he's not going to move the meter much at all. I mean, he's Donald Trump's former vice president. I guess his campaign will be honor and virtue and integrity. And when 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 forced to choose sides, you know, Trump on one side, the Constitution on the other. I did what I'll always do and chose. Uh, the Constitution. That's uh, I mean that's a that's an understandable place to land. I mean that, that would be an effective. It's all he's got because he's not an exciting guy. He's not a very charismatic guy. Um, but, but like it or not, we live in this infomercial era. This in, infotainment is kind of what I told it. I'm gonna give you some information, but I'm going to entertain you simultaneously. And um, and Pence is just uh, kind of kind of a square peg in a round hole when it comes to when it comes to that. Um, I thought he was a good vice president. uh, Yeah, you know, and I thought Trump was wrong to do the way he did at the end. I mean, you know, we can argue about what happened January 6th, but but I think to throw Trump under, I'm excuse me, to throw throw Pence under the bus was just wrong. Probably the most egregious thing Trump did, as far as I'm concerned. But um, but but anyway, we'll spend a lot of this week. This will be a developing story. There'll be an arraignment Tuesday. I don't know what we'll find out in Miami, but I stick to my my guns when I said earlier this morning. If I'm trying a story, I mean, excuse me, if I'm if I'm having a trial and I'm trying to create a narrative and it's part of the narrative, political oppression and persecution, what better place to have it than Miami? Where are you more likely to find someone interesting who has escaped political oppression or persecution than Miami? That's right. And if you get one Cuban immigrant who came to the country legally and, and you know, kind of reflects on their life experiences what their ancestors um, dealt with. That, that's just kind of, I don't know that to be true. Now, nobody knows what's going to, to happen. I love those who say, I know what's going to happen. Well, I don't. So if you do, let me know. 843-661-0937. Enjoy your day. We'll talk tomorrow.